Hi everyone, and welcome to another episode of Upward. This is a podcast where we share and highlight the stories of Asian Americans in corporate and business America. We share their career journeys, lessons learned in their professional experiences, and advice as an Asian American in corporate America. And this is your host, Min Kwan. So I'm really excited to introduce the next guest. Her name is Juhyun Kwan, who is a senior marketing insights analyst at Roundel, which is part of Target. And we have this really interesting conversation about what a dream job means to her and how she has been able to land a job that is really close to her definition of a perfect job through her experience as a consultant at Sojeti and numerous internship opportunities when she was at University of Minnesota. We also talk about different topics, such as being intentional about what you want out of an internship or a job experience, turning down a job offer in an area of interest like marketing, and also setting boundaries for yourself at the junior level. And then at the end, we go into a uh, really deep conversation about her experience as an Asian American woman in the IT industry and bringing your best authentic self to work. So there's a lot to unpack here, and I'm very excited to introduce you to Juhyun. So here goes. Thank you, Juhyun, for joining us on this episode of Upward. It's really, I, I'm really glad to have you on the episode. Um, so first of all, do you want to tell us a little bit about your journey from you know, Minnesota, from college, to where you are right now in your career? Yeah, so I graduated college with marketing and MIS. So uh, getting into business was kind of an interesting journey too, but I don't really come from like a business background at all. Like my parents are all in science and like engineering. So to them, it was like a very like far out kind of major of like, what do you actually do as a business major? So um got a lot of questions that's in that way but i started off a lot of my internships ended up being more marketing focused so mm-hmm. a lot more like traditional marketing so product marketing email marketing that kind of area um and i realized that you know there's a lot of options out there when you come to business like marketing in general is just so humongous mm-hmm. um so i think that's just overwhelming to start off with but at least like i got a sense of like what i liked what i didn't like mm-hmm. Um, I get, and then I guess like towards the end of like more graduating time, I did find like a position, um, in it consulting, which is like completely opposite from like what I wanted to do, but ended up being a super, super cool job. Um, had the chance to work in like several different industries, um, mainly focused on healthcare, but did dabble in like agriculture, government and manufacturing. Um, which you can't really do if you're not in consulting, like the two years I spent there, I think I learned more than I thought I would ever learn. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think I ultimately made the decision of moving on to more of a marketing role, um, with a mix of like it in it, uh, just because I really miss that, like being closer to like the end user and being closer Mm -hmm. to like the consumer and, um, what we, what I can do to help use data to be able to explain like to our to bigger businesses like target and like um other clients we work with like how do we best like provide the products to guests who may be looking for something so like how do we make that journey a lot easier mm-hmm. and that's kind of what i wanted to do so i ended up landing something that's like very close to like my dream job which like i didn't to be honest believe was out there but learned about a new industry as soon as I got out of college. So I was like, yeah, let's go. So nice. Yeah. Cool. Um, so kind of taking a step back, I, I want to kind of ask, you said your parents are in the sciences. And so how did you kind of dabble your feet or get your feet well into the marketing world and the kind of like information yeah. technology world? 
Yeah, so it's there was a program at the University of Minnesota. I think they changed what it is now, but it used to be called Go for Business, and it's where like um, high school students, like juniors and seniors of like diverse backgrounds, were brought onto campus to the business school, and we took like classes. We had a case that we had to present and um, to like a specific client, so we went through kind of a similar. Um, similar to what like consulting people do now. And so that was kind of like my first exposure. And then I was like, wow, like there's this whole like area where you just work on work with businesses to make businesses better. Yeah. And so that was kind of like my first exposure and I absolutely loved it. I love the aspect that it was a lot of teamwork and mm. I, I'm sure like sciences are like that too, <laughs> but I think business is like really, really focused on like teamwork like making sure everybody brings something to the table to be able to help like problem solve so I really like that aspect of it and from there I was like I need to go to business school so nice yeah oh I didn't know you went to business school where, where, where'd you go yeah I went to uh the Carlson School of Management at okay. the University of Minnesota once you decided that marketing is for me this is the business world that I want to be in how did you kind of you know when you were selecting internship for example or classes that you were tr- trying to take how did you kind of hone in on what you're passionate about? And you talked about your dream job a little bit. Yeah. How did you kind of take a step closer to your dream job every time you selected an internship or recruited for a job? And how did you kind yeah. of make those decisions? Yeah. And I mean, like, this dream job concept is also like a lot of pressure to put on one job. Yeah. <laughs> but definitely, like, what I do today is like a lot more like what I like to do. So I like, I love going to work. I spend a lot of time at work, but it's still a lot of fun. So I think a lot of the process that I went through is, I don't want, I don't know if it's necessarily unique, but I think a lot of people may go through it if you don't necessarily come from like a business background. So like a lot of my friend, my friends didn't have parents who worked at corporations and stuff like that. So finding internships were, was a lot harder. So finding internships, I think I was a little bit less like picky, I guess, of, what internship I got, I think I was like, you know, if I got any internship, that's great. Um, and I guess once like sophomore, like past sophomore year, I think I had a little bit more option, like, but it still was a little bit more difficult to find internships. Um, and I guess the way that I went about internships too, is I, I always, I wanted to get like a diverse enough experience, whether that's like different types of businesses so like startups small business corporations Mm -hmm. and then also like different types of marketing areas so that I can at least say like okay so at the end of this internship do I did I like what I do or did I really really hate it which is fine too because that at least like zeroes in on like what do you like and what do you not like because marketing (laughs) is just so vast so Mm -hmm. vast so it's it's hard to nail that down um and on top of that, marketing is always growing, like because it's yeah. becoming so much more tech, like text being integrated into marketing too. Like that's a whole different area of like, it's true. Um, like marketing analytics is. I don't. I think it's like a pretty new ish area, and like that's kind of the area that I'm in. Okay. Um, and I never heard about it in college. Yeah. So like it's just ever changing, but I think definitely going through and like every experience is ultimately leads to a like yes, it's a great experience or. No, it's not a good experience, but at least I know I don't ever want to do that again. <laughs> mm, I, I think that's a great point because I, I like that you were very intentional about kind of reflecting back on your experiences and saying, 
hey, I love this part of it, but I didn't like that part of it. And I, yeah. I, I think there's so much value in like realizing what you don't want to do because now you can mm-hmm. avoid those things. Um, yeah. But I think the point about, you know, not having parents who are in the business world, that also comes with this lack of knowledge about recruiting. Like, I feel like when I was recruiting in college for internships, it was a lot of like, like networking and contacting them mm-hmm. on LinkedIn and find, uh, sending them resumes. It wasn't just in a job application. So mm-hmm. how did you kind of hone in on those skills and kind of, how did you learn them? How did you find out what was important in a recruiting process and how did you kind of develop those skills? Yeah, I think ultimately like a lot of the, it kind of goes back to the fact that I didn't have a lot of like business knowledge initially. So like I knew I was like pretty much a novice when it comes to anything like business related, whether that's recruitment, interviewing, any of that stuff. So our um, business school was really well set up in terms of like they invested a lot in their career services. So um, they had a lot of like you can literally sit down and like have a session like a mock interview session with someone and you get recorded and you can watch your video be like afterwards, (laughs) which I thought was like. I don't know. I really don't like watching myself like after videos, but that was like the most helpful because I don't know how I come off in terms of interviews until I watch myself like have the interview basically. Mm -hmm. But I think it was a lot like it was a lot of like networking and asking people like, can you help? Like, can you review my resume? Can you review my resume? And then um, there's a lot of like mock interview sessions that I went to, like pretty much like tried to exhaust every single resource I could ever find in the career services because I knew I was already pretty much behind compared mm-hmm. to the rest of the people there who already had like those connections. Like yeah. they did like, like my school didn't have, um, I think DECA is like the business yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. club that a lot of high schools have, but my school didn't have that. So I didn't have that exposure either. So like, just any sort of like skill that I could figure out that maybe my school offers, I try to like hone in that way. But there's, there's definitely like a lot, like career fairs are like a whole different ballgame too. Like preparing your um, elevator speech and stuff like that is just like very different from how you interview. Mm -hmm. And so really like it started off with more so like understanding what I had to know because what I don't know, I don't know. Yeah. So I think, Um, there's also a class that my school offered that's called career services or Mm -hmm. career skills, I think. And it basically went through like, okay, so like you want to find an internship. What do you have to do? This, these are all the things you'll potentially run into when you're interviewing for an internship. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was pretty well set up, which thankfully like that's the case, but some, some schools may not have that too. Yeah. But I think you still speak on a really great point about, you know, leveraging every and any kind of resource that you have at your fingertips and at at your disposal just to make sure that you know what to look for and what to what to build and um kind of along those lines did you i know you did some internships throughout your college uh, college experience but did you have an idea of like this is a skill that i specifically want to develop and like whether that be information technology or data analytics Mm -hmm. or just like general marketing acumen did you have a a kind of a sense of that and kind of develop that throughout your college experience? Um, I think the most, like the first, I guess there's a lot of skills that I heard of, but I think I never really planned past like one skill I wanted to learn because I wouldn't know if 
what my next step would be after that. So um, as I mentioned, I did a lot of like informational interviews and that's what I recommend to like literally everybody because using the student card of like, I want to learn about your job. Mm -hmm. What do you do for your job? is like literally the best way to understand like what is marketing outside yeah. of like the books that we read in college. Right. Um, so you did so, a lot of like outside kind of outreach yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think literally it's like, um, I think they gave me like a list of names at the career center, but I also just did like LinkedIn messaging of like, hey, <laughs> your job looks cool. I'm a student from the University of Minnesota. Can we chat? And like people were more than willing to do it. Um, people love talking about their jobs. So might as well like take advantage of that. (laughs) So like if people love their job, they love to share about it. So, um, that's probably like the most ways that like the number one way that I found out about a lot of different skills in marketing. Um, at one of my internships, someone talked about like digital marketing and I was like, I have no clue what this means. Like, what is this area? And that's how I kind of went to like find more people who like know about digital marketing to learn more about it. And that's kind of how I figured out like what the area I work in now kind of is. So um, I think it's all about like just talking to people and saying like, you know, like I might not know what I want to do, but I, I like computers. I like data stuff and then I like marketing. So like, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, that, but that's awesome. I feel like doing continuous research, even, yeah. I mean, I consider myself as an uh, introvert. So like reaching out to people is just so scary yeah. to me. But the worst yeah. thing they can do is like say no or they're a bit too busy or just, like, yeah. just ignore you, which yeah. there's thousands and thousands of people on LinkedIn <laughs> that you can reach out to. So yeah. um, I think you know, they, people underestimate the power. But, you know, given all this process in college and these internships of figuring out what you want to do and what you don't want to do, you said you landed your first full-time job at Sogeti, right? Is that the... Yeah, Sogeti. Sogeti, okay. Yeah. Um, and you said it wasn't something that you had expected that you would like. Um, can you speak yeah. on that a little bit? Why was it unexpected? Why was it something that you almost didn't want to do? And yeah. how did it kind of turn out for the better at the end? Yeah, um, so I had a mentor in college through like my school and he was in consulting. Mm-hmm. Um, he was consulting for like a smaller, like mid-sized company and Sajeti is a little bit, a little bit bigger than that. And I just like throughout like informational interviews and my mentorships and stuff, like I heard very interesting stuff about consulting, just how it's like very draining. Like you work like 60, 70 hours a mm-hmm. week um, you have to fly all over the place. And I, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I love traveling, but I hate traveling for work Yeah. because I'm just so drained. I hate living out of my like suitcase and stuff like that. <laughs> so, um, I didn't want to do that. And that's what I thought this job would be. But, um, so is really great in that they, we didn't have clients outside of Minnesota. So I would just oh, have nice. to drive everywhere. So, and I think also just because most of my internships were in marketing, I think I just felt extra unprepared for mm-hmm. my job. Um, was Sujeti not a marketing consulting firm? No, it was just purely IT consulting. Oh, so wow. like software okay. development, like that kind of like pure IT consulting. So I was mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, what am I getting myself into? But <laughs> it was a good opportunity. I was like, well, you know, they're paying me really well. Like it's a good opportunity to like, learn about different industries, which is like the number one thing that I wanted to get out of consulting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, it's a job. So, 
yeah. So that's interesting because you you were interested in marketing, but you kind of prioritize learning about different industries over your passion for marketing. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah I actually turned down a job that was in product marketing. Oh, interesting. To because I I wasn't uh, happy with the company mm. that uh, I wasn't. I didn't want to go to that company because part of it was also I wanted to meet people who were outside of like my alumni basically mm -hmm. like the people that I normally would see at school mm -hmm. and a lot of people would end up working there like full-time so I just wanted to like avoid that so I was like well like let's go to a company where like literally nobody I know is there okay yeah wow. so that's also part of it too um so yeah so when you went to Sajadi you were not informed about this IT kind yeah. of world how did you kind of navigate that how did you build on the skills was it just kind of yeah. learning on the job what, what was it like it was mostly learning on the job. I mean, like, there was a class that I took for my MIS major that was, like, specifically pretty much what I did for my job, but I didn't know at the time that was legitimately what my job was about. Mm -hmm. um, but I got, like, a, a week, maybe a week, like, half a week worth of training, and then I was, like, <laughs> on the job. So I was, like, kind of had to figure it out. And thankfully, like, there were two um, – lead business analysts on the team who are really, really good about like handing stuff off that may not have been too important, but like mm -hmm. important enough that like I had to kind of, I was more challenged to find and like hone those skills. Mm -hmm. um, so as I went, I think I had like very good mentors who kind of helped me in that process. Like I had the soft skills, I had like communication skills and mm -hmm. like organization and all of that which is like key for business analysts but yeah the more technical stuff i just kind of had to learn on the job um but i think i i was like i wanted to learn and i was like hungry to learn kind of thing yeah. so i think that helped a lot too that like i didn't go into the job of like oh okay well i'll try it but if it doesn't work then it doesn't work so yeah. Um, I'll give it my best and then we'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. So what are the kinds of things that you learned as a IT consultant and, and kind yeah. of in the industries that you talked about, like healthcare and government? Mm -hmm. um, so I think the, the number one thing that I also kind of brought to like this job too, because it's kind of consulting is just dealing like client management is like a big part. Like how mm -hmm. do you work with clients so that one, you don't necessarily like sell your team short Mm -hmm. but also like meet their needs. So like, how do you like compromise in like a very professional way, I guess. Um, but also like expectation management is huge, like deadline management, all of that. It just, what can you do in the 40 hours that you're supposed to work every single week versus right. um, what's just not plausible? Like, what can you just not do and providing that transparency to clients? Wow. So I think those two are just huge. Like, mm -hmm those are skills that you'll use regardless of if you're like in a consulting, like client management kind of area, like you'll yeah. use it with like internal teams too. Yeah. That um, last bit is a little interesting because yeah. having transparency about your, your bandwidth and kind of what's plausible and what's not. And even internally, mm -hmm. like when you're communicating with your manager, yeah. as a person who's starting out in their career, you might be like, I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. And yeah. just like pile on work for yourself. Yep. So how did you kind of navigate that kind of dynamic of like, hey, this is too much work, or I can do that. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, hungry to learn, stuff like that. Yeah, no, uh, I will say when I started, I was definitely, like, 
yes person kind of thing <laughs> where I literally said yes to everything and I was working 60, 70 hours. Yeah. Um, but then I, I realized like someone came up to me, like one of my mentors came up to me and was like, Hey, like, it's great. You want to learn everything, but you're going to burn out. Like mm -hmm. you're literally going to be gone in two months if you don't like say no to something like something's got to give. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well that kind of makes sense. But I also don't want to like lose out on certain things. So um, I think it's like a, I think I changed it to not necessarily just be yes, but like, yes, but it may take two weeks or like, yes, but it may be like next month I get to it. Okay. So like so kind of spreading out your yeses. Across yeah, the timeline. pretty yeah. much. So like that way I still get like all of the opportunities that I would have normally gotten like at mm -hmm. the same time, but it's more in a, I don't know, organized fashion so that I could actually handle whatever mm -hmm. was being asked of. Did you find that the reaction to that kind of, you know, yes, but, you know, it might take a, a little bit longer than expected. Was it, How was the reaction to that? Was it like, oh, sure, that's totally fine. Or was it like, oh, I, I really prefer if you <laughs> if you could do it by like next week or something? Yeah. And I, and I kind of got both, too. Like I kind of got like, oh, yeah, no, we can totally like push it out two weeks. Mm -hmm. But I also did get like the, you know, like you should really prioritize this. And in that sense, like, yeah, there are sometimes like, things aren't always going to be the way that you plan it out to be. So then like moving things around. Um, but I think for the most part, like a lot of, I expected people to be like, Hey, like you're basically entry level. You, you're like a college grad. Mm -hmm. How do you think you would have a say is kind of the response that I thought I would get. Mm -hmm. But I think it was more so like, Hey, you know, totally get it. You know, you don't, we don't want you working all the time. So, um, I think people were more so glad that it was, I was transparent enough to say like, you know, I have too much on my plate. I don't have time until two weeks. So that's awesome. Yeah. I feel like a lot of that's great advice for people who are just starting out because we can be like, yes, I can do that. Yep, yeah. Yep. And then just stay up till 2am just doing work. But yeah, that's great advice. Um, and kind of stepping back a little bit, you said you did internships in college and then you did Sujeti. Did you see find any skills that you learned through your marketing internship transfer over into consulting work at all? I did a little bit. So I think a lot of, I want to say like the number one skill I probably learned through my internship that I guess may be kind of similar to a lot of people too, is that like being resourceful when you're an intern, whether that's like finding different projects to work on or finding other people to talk to or different um, ways to approach like a project that people may give you. So just being very resourceful with like what you have is like huge, at least for um, as a business analyst, I was like huge for my job. It's just yeah. like a basic skill that I think is like very, very important for anybody, regardless of what area you work in, like regardless of even if you're in business or not. Mm -hmm. I think that's just like a huge thing that like, you know, there's so much at our fingertips because we have like search engines like Google <laughs> and like literally the internet and you can, you can find everything on Google now. So yeah. like even as simple as like, if I had Excel issues, like I wouldn't go to someone to be like, Hey, like, how do I fix this? I would like search on Google and be like, Hey, maybe I can figure out how to fix this without yeah. bothering someone. 
um, and then figure it out myself. And that's how I kind of learned a little bit more and more about like different technical skills too, mm, like understanding yeah. like how does, what is cloud, like big data, like all of that stuff. Like it's just a matter of like, I don't know, I guess taking the time of searching and doing your own due diligence almost. Yeah. And a lot of people appreciate that. And a lot of people may lean more towards like asking people, which is great too. But yeah. um, I feel like it's more important to make sure that you've done kind of, you've exhausted all the ways that you could potentially do something about it. Mm-hmm and then go to someone at least that's the approach that i take that's i mean that's awesome i think that's very helpful because like sometimes you'll ask a really really dumb question that you can just find on google or just like find it in a deck somewhere yeah Um, but that's really good advice but speaking of resources you talked a little bit about mentors and how Mm -hmm. did you kind of forge those relationships both in college at sojeti and target and how do you maintain those relationships and how do you kind of leverage them to your advantage yeah i mean I guess in terms of mentorships, like literally anybody can be your mentor. I think it's a matter of like, do they have time is kind Mm -hmm. of a lot of the issues that we run into. Like I had awesome mentors who became like pretty close friends with me at Sujeti. And like, even in college, I think it was more of like a professional relationship, but I, I did have a lot of like people who were like maybe one or two years older than me who were like, Mm -hmm. very very close friends, but they were also really good mentors. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think just it it just it just ends up being like who do you who do you kind of like click with I guess mm-hmm. so who like really fits like to how you like think as like a mentee or like what you really want out of this mentorship because ultimately it is like a two way two way street like you mm-hmm. want the mentee to get something out of it the mentor usually gets something out of it too so it's like a make sure everybody is kind of. I don't know on the same page i guess mm-hmm. um in terms of like i guess outside of college it's definitely tougher to find like mentors that are not at your work at mm-hmm. in college or after college um but i know like a lot of outside organizations um have those like mentorship programs too so like go whether that's going through a, a structured program and then continuing that relationship after that, which I've done and had like a few different mentors that I still kind of talk to you when I have like a lot of marketing questions and stuff like that. So I think in terms of like maintaining the relationships, it's just a matter of like checking in. Like you don't have to like, I definitely don't talk to them on a day-to-day basis, (laughs) but like if big things come up, like this move came up and I was like, Hey, like I should probably like contact some people and be like, Hey, like I'm moving but keep in touch kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that's huge. And just like, I know at least from someone who always looks for mentees because I love like the concept of mentorships and I've benefited so much from that too. Yeah. Um, I know it's just a, like, it's like a, a way to give back to like different communities that have given you so much kind of thing too. So yeah. like Carlson, I'm a mentor at Carlson and I talk to my mentee like, every two months kind of thing two months three months it's not that often but at least like she has that kind of connection that like hopefully i can find someone who she can talk to that Mm -hmm. may be like a good way for her to understand what are the parts of marketing there are right um so i i definitely think there's like a lot of different well there's a lot of benefits to mentorships but i think it's okay this is something that i learned recently too like it's okay if like mentorships don't work out like sometimes 
Yeah. You don't click with the mentor. Sometimes you're, the mentee just isn't interested in like mm-hmm. doing a mentorship with you, which is fine. But I think that's like a big thing that a lot of people may struggle with too. Like I've yeah. kind of struggled with saying, you know, we're just like not the right fit. <laughs> How do you say that in a polite way? <laughs> How do you say that in a polite way? I've yeah. struggled with that I mean, too. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I think it's just honestly like, uh, you know, I would really like to continue like, like keeping in touch, but I just don't think um, the mentorship, like it's just not a good fit is basically mm-hmm. what I've heard multiple times. So I think just saying like, it's not a good fit. It's kind of like when you're testing out like different, whether that's like different doctors, when you're like moving mm-hmm. to different areas or like trying out different classes, like auditing classes, it's like the same thing. Like, yeah. is it a good fit? Is it not? Then it's not a good fit. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, I've especially struggled with kind of having mentors who are not a good fit. And I, yeah. I've struggled to like, I've kind of ignored it. I'm just like, yeah, oh, we'll probably not talk anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but it is good we'll to like be in a transfer. Post or like phase out. Yeah, it's like slowly not talk <laughs> yeah. to each other ever again. But, you know, there's I think there's different ways to go about it. But you still, yeah. you know, speak on a great point that mentors don't have to be this intense relationship all the time. Yeah. It's, you know, ebbs and flows and it, it can be every two months or three months, even mm-hmm. yearly. So yeah. there's differences in that. Um, yeah. I am so interested in, in your experience at Target. Yeah. You At the beginning, you mentioned that it's close to a perfect job, which I, I haven't heard ever before. Yeah. So can you explain uh, what a, a little bit about your role at Target and, and how has it been so far? Yeah. So my role at Target, I work for a team called Rondell. So we're an in-house advertising agency for Target. So um, there's two different sides. So there's Target advertisements so like the ads that you see on Hulu, like stuff like that, that advertises like Target services. But then there's our team who works with other clients like, like PepsiCo, Mondelez, like those kind of Kimberly Clark, like those kind of clients to advertise their products on Target.com and okay. other channels. Um, so what my team does is we're the reporting and insights and analytics team. Mm -hmm. And so we basically, whatever ads that run, once those campaigns are done, we report and say like, this is how the campaign performed. Um, These are the key insights that you can take away from what happened in this campaign. And I guess our team is pretty new ish Mm -hmm. to the team, but I think we definitely have like a solid foundation of like, there's a lot of, we don't do too deep of analytics, but I think there's a lot of opportunity there. So um, we have a lot of potential in the team, but we do a lot of like analytics in terms of very like basic analytics, but so like analyzing, hey, like how is the industry doing? How did this campaign do? Maybe something in the industry impacted this, like COVID's been a big thing. So like, how has COVID impacted Target? How has COVID impacted any of the campaigns that we run? How do we think about like guests and how they're behaving now? What are they thinking about because of all this happening and how can we better um, help them cope with yeah. everything too, with the different products that we have in terms of like, how do we advertise this so that it's not necessarily like, like an ad, but it's more of like a, here's how we can support you with whatever product we're advertising. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Lots to unpack here. Take yeah. a step back. <laughs> Take a step back. Um, as you transition from Sojeti to Target, what kind of decisions informed that switch? And how did you know that 
this is the right opportunity for me and this is the right mm-hmm. time to switch? Um, so when I first heard of the job at Target, I read the job description and I was like, wow, this is like really cool of a job. I didn't know like ad tech is kind of where like my role is now. And I didn't mm-hmm. know what that was. And so I did a lot of like research in that sense, but, um, I just knew like the role at my, at Sujati just didn't fit like what I wanted to do. I was unhappy and I just wanted, I wanted a change. Um, and it was, it was a very like audacious leap because I got a lot of questions of <laughs> why would you leave it to go to marketing? And like a lot of questions of like, why would you do that? Because usually oh. you see like marketing people coming into it. Okay. Um, I guess at least that's what a lot of recruiters told me. So I just thought that was kind of funny that a lot of people asked that question. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'd be like, Hey, yeah, I mean, like I didn't like what I was doing. So I, that's probably <laughs> yeah. why I'm applying to this new job. It's a, so, a legit reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think it definitely was more so like I was unhappy with my job. I kind of really had to sit down and think about like, what do I miss? Because I had that marketing experience to do mm-hmm. internships. Like, what do I miss about my, my internships? Because most likely I was like, maybe I want to go back to marketing. And so I really thought about like, what, like, how can I use the skills that I have now? Cause I do like it, but I didn't like it in pure like settings. Mm-hmm. I didn't like software development, um, which is fine, but w- like what's next. Right. Um, so the, I guess a lot of the decisions were, I tried to be a little bit more picky and like what companies I applied to slash mm-hmm. interviewed with um, just because I really, one didn't want to have a job that was so that was like more so in the consulting world right um i wanted more of like a work-life balance than anything Mm -hmm. and i kind of wanted to try to work for a company that i've never worked for so like retail is a whole different ball game i did not know that um like know anything about retail so i was like you know like it'd be kind of nice to like work for a company that i don't know like much about but like Mm has like super huge brands. So like Target was like a big one um, just because they're headquartered and they're just so huge in Minnesota. So yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. That's awesome. I, I So it went from, you know, not knowing much about the ad tech industry or, or the retail industry. And then it suddenly became, or it slowly became this perfect job for you or like close yeah. to perfect job for you. How did that transition happen? And why is it such a good job for you and how do you think it matches your your what you're looking for in a job yeah as well? um so i think ultimately like what i really wanted to find in a job is to be able to use like my marketing skills that i've learned through internships and school and like outside organizations but also use like more of the analytical skills so like mm-hmm. whether that's like problem solving or um trying to understand like calculations and how to do more like deeper analytics and our team doesn't do too much in like deep analytics necessarily but I think that's kind of where we're hoping to go so there's still like opportunity for that um and so I like my job right now I think for sure just because partly I'm not necessarily just working with like IT people it's like IT marketing people which I like don't find that often true yeah so i think that's just just being able to be around people who are understanding of like the benefits of 
understanding the consumers, but being able to kind of put data behind like why we make the decisions that we do. Mm-hmm. And I think that just like, just like from a core belief standpoint, like I don't really make a lot of decisions unless there's like data supporting mm-hmm. it pretty much. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is like a perfect job where I could do literally what I do in my own life of yeah. like researching and everything and do get paid to do it, which I'm like, oh, <laughs> this is kind of awesome. It is the perfect job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, do you think like your past experiences of, you know, I feel there's a there's, there's this theme of, you know, being very open to other and new experiences and being exploratory and also taking advantage of all the resources at your fingertips. Um, and how do you think those kinds of experiences and themes have um, helped you kind of succeed in what you do right now? How, how has it affected your trajectory and your career journey so far? I think it's definitely, it definitely has probably helped more than hinder mm-hmm. my success so far. Um, I think there's, I think it just honestly, like success comes down to not necessarily um, money, but I like definitely love that I can come to a job where I don't know what it's going to be like every day and every day is kind of a challenge, but it's not enough of a challenge where like I get burnt out. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think, I don't know, I think just ultimately like everything's kind of in the unknown, especially with the pandemic and everything too. Like, I think just being agile in your own life and how you make decisions is like yeah. huge. And if, if you're okay with that, then like things are going to end up working out. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a good point. I feel like a lot of people are afraid of uncertainty, especially in, in these times Yeah. Um, with the pandemic and everything. So how do you kind of handle uncertainty? Like, what if you said attack and target is the right uh, right job for me, but you hated it and it just like not wasn't for you? So how do you kind of yeah. deal with that kind of fear or kind of concern? Yeah, I mean, it's a real thing. I definitely am <laughs> not the best. Like, I don't deal with uncertainty too well, just coming from a fact that like I make a lot of my decisions based off of data. But um, I think it's ultimately like it's a job and like, I want to believe that there are like the job that I have now, like, yeah, there's days that I just do not want to go to work. Mm-hmm. There's days that I just cannot handle my clients, but all the, like, those are like very few and like not that many days like that. And I want to say that's like a pretty big one. Like mm-hmm. I've been in situations where like some of the days at work have just been like so dreadful and like multiple days of just, I just can't handle this. Like, I don't want to be here. Like that kind of thought, which is, which shouldn't be the case because there's like a lot of jobs out there that whether that's like, it won't necessarily be at like a corporation. Like it could be like a small business startup that like fits you perfectly. Um, But I think you just kind of have to take the leap, which is scary because trust me, my, my, (laughs) my parents were like, why are you leaving this great job? Like <laughs> IT is amazing. Right. I was like, I don't want to be here. So yeah. I need to make this leap. I mean, that's powerful because you prioritize what you liked and what you didn't like and yeah. took a leap of faith and you ended up in a really great job and, and you, yeah. you're, you're liking what you're doing, which is, I think for me, like being two years into my job, I think I'm starting to have that conversation with myself of like, do I really, really love this job? Do I really, really enjoy mm-hmm. being in this space? Which I think marketing is a space for me, but 
I, I want to feel that fire within me, like of like, oh, yeah. I want to go to work. I want to I want to do that. Uh, yeah. I want to do the job that I do every day. So, it's a it's a balancing act. I feel like it's yeah. a journey and it's it's exploratory. Um, one of the last questions I wanted to ask you is: being Asian American, uh, being an Asian American woman in the corporate workspace, how has that kind of experience been? Has it been salient at all for you, or has it kind of just taken a back back seat, which is good, right? Um, but yeah. how how has that experience been for you? Uh, it's interesting because at my last job, uh, IT being pretty, uh, like male heavy, mm-hmm. it was kind of, a. I I remember when I started my first day at my job and I went to my project and I was supposed to go to this room where we were having this like very serious meeting. And, um, I walked into the room and I was like the only woman there. And I was like, mm this is really weird. Cause I come from like more marketing internships where yeah. like you see more, a little bit more diversity there. Yeah. But IT is like, was pretty heavy lacking in like women. And so I was just, I think that just like took me aback of like, Oh wow. Like, you know, it's, it's really an issue. I didn't really actually think it was until mm-hmm. like I saw it. Um, but I guess in terms of like diversity, there's like a lot of diversity in terms of like, like ethnicity and stuff in IT, mm-hmm. but I think that like gender diversity was just not as there as much. But I yeah. think it it definitely like I get I guess coming from like a Asian background and like my parents um, raised me in a very like Korean household and everything too. And it's it's very it's something that I didn't notice in myself until someone pointed it out, like someone of like other Asian descent too, and she was saying. Like a lot of the times when I'd be in meetings, I would never like interrupt people. I would never like, unless I like raise my hand to talk to someone, I would never interrupt someone. I would never like speak up to like speak louder or speak up to someone who's like older than me. And Mm -hmm. it would be more intimidating to talk to people who are older than me. And I think a lot of that was just, from like my culture and how I yeah, grew up. Definitely. Like I would never talk back to like my mom, like <laughs> that would not end, end well at all yeah, for me. So um, <laughs> it just, all of that started showing up at work and I didn't realize that was why, but mm-hmm. one of my mentors was telling me that, you know, like that's what she went through and she has to kind of fight through that every day too. And yeah. I think that's when I realized like, oh yeah, like a lot of that underlying like culture cultural aspects are still there like I still yeah. like kind of fight to figure out like how to best pres- like bring my best self at work mm-hmm. um, like more authentic self at work but it just it's a constant thing that I've been kind of fighting for um, there's more support at Target just because it's a bigger company in terms of like different clubs there are um, they have for like different like diversity and inclusion initiatives that they have but um it's still like i mean my team is like pretty diverse in terms of like a lot of different factors but it's still just because the team is diverse doesn't mean it's easier to bring your authentic self to work too so Mm -hmm. like um coming from like nation woman background like i still kind of struggle to understand how I'm supposed to bring my more authentic self because I have this like cultural aspect honed in to me like for years so like talking to like my mentor and like my manager and stuff it's a very formal relationship yeah um but 
sometimes it's just not like that for other people. So I think it's just like, it's still a learning curve, I would say. I definitely have not figured that out yet, mm-hmm. but I think it's just something that once you notice it, it's a lot easier to like understand that, oh, okay, so like in this meeting, I was a lot more quiet just because there are a lot more like leadership team members in it. Like it was a more like like higher level like type of meeting and I just yeah. didn't want to be the, I don't know, say the wrong things and stuff like that. Right. So I think it, it's a it's a tough thing. Um, but I think recognizing it is like number one. And yeah. once you recognize it, at least there's like a ways to understand like, oh, okay. So that's what happened in that meeting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, yeah, I, I definitely resonate with so much of what you said because as a Korean American person in, uh, in corporate America, uh, marketing is very diverse. It's uh, yeah. for, you know, I work at PepsiCo and it's very diverse in terms of like gender and, and ethnicity. More work to be done, but um, still yeah. more diverse than other industries. But yeah, I, I got the same feedback of I think you should, you know, you should speak up more in, in meetings. And mm-hmm. it's very in contrast and opposition to what I've been taught as a Korean person. Like never speak yeah. to your senior yeah. leaders, never talk back to them, never disagree. Um, yep. Do it quietly if you absolutely must. Um, so it's been a constant struggle. And I, um, it, it, you know, it gives me a, a little bit of peace of mind that, you know, other people are going through this with me. But yeah, yeah it's, it's hard to be, you know, the authentic self of work at work when the authentic self is not, you know, parallel with the corporate America's culture. Yeah. Or whatever. Um, yeah. But for you, how do you think? So, I mean, you, you've already given tips, but for anyone starting out in the corporate workspace for as an Asian American person or as mm-hmm. an Asian American woman, what are the what are what kind of tips do you have to kind of be the best full self as you can and 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 also be successful at work, right? Um, mm-hmm. Do you think there's anything that you've learned that you can kind of pass along? I think probably the first thing that I can think of is really utilizing, like, if you are working at more, like, larger corporations, they probably have something in terms of, like, DNI initiatives. Mm-hmm. Um, so getting involved with that, I think, is huge just because the more people we have involved in like more of those initiatives, I think it'll become more of importance to a lot of the companies and maybe invest a little bit more in that sense too. Um, just because coming from someone who like came from a company that didn't support or not didn't support, but just didn't have more of that focus on that. Yeah. Um, it just, is kind of a blessing that target has like something like that and like an avenue if i ever wanted to like join something like i could go to an event and learn more about how like asian leaders within target are kind of changing the landscape there Mm -hmm. um and i think the second thing is understanding that you're not alone. Like there's a lot of people who probably feel very similar to how you feel, whether that's in meetings or um, talking to your manager and understanding that relationship. It's tough. Like the cultural clashes are just so, so tough. Um, It's ultimately, yeah, it's like an American company, but I think if your manager is like a good manager and you have really great mentors, like there should be a sense of like compromise between both. Like there should be like, you should, they should be willing to understand like what background you come from and Mm -hmm. like kind of understand that to help better like the relationship between the both of you. Um, But it is ultimately, it is tough. It is something that like corporate America is still going to struggle with. Um, But it is 
like there is support like there's a lot of people like the subtle asian groups and stuff like that that mm -hmm. there's a lot of people who are in the same boat and it's just kind of impressive to see that that there's like a nationwide international like global like support <laughs> of all of this so True. i mean this wouldn't yeah. have been possible before the age of facebook i guess yeah yeah uh, so and i think ultimately just like kind of um be okay with the fact that sometimes you kind of have to be selfish at work is like the last thing I would say. Like sometimes staying at your job is probably not the best thing if you don't like your job and like being okay with that. Because like I said, my parents are not happy that I left my other job, but when they heard like how much I like this job and how much I was doing a lot better, like they were more accepting of it, but it just like it's no longer that time of like you stay at a job for the next like 35 years like it's not sure. like that and that's what my parents are used to and so understanding that there might be a little bit of clash between households <laughs> too um in terms of like how america works and like how these generate like they, these times work versus how it was back then too yeah i mean i think you hit on a lot of great points and i think um, obviously, you've been able to take the leaps of faith, faith, and yeah. you know, be be exploratory. But I think this would be very helpful for people who are just starting out. Just like, how do I yeah. find my perfect job? How do I find what I'm passionate about? Uh, because yeah. it is something that you just have to kind of work at. And you're right. I mean, we don't stay at our jobs for. I don't have any plans of staying for 35 yeah. years. So yeah. <laughs> it is an interesting story. And and I think there's with resources like Subtle Asian networking and and groups like that. There's going to be more and more mentors and conversations which i hope i'm doing with this yeah. podcast so yeah um Jihan, thank you so much for your time uh it was great to have um you on the on the episode and thank you for your mentorship yeah for sure thanks for having me on Thank you for joining us on another episode of Upward. You can find Upward on your favorite podcast platforms including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Make sure you're following us on social media including Instagram at upward underscore podcast for updates on future episodes, breakthrough Asian Americans in corporate America, and just for updates on the platform itself.